This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Final football Sunday for you, the diehard football fan. As I said, it's, I don't count Super Bowl Sunday. That's not a true football Sunday. This is it. This is the last one. You got two games, no fanfare, no parties. No, it's just, just straight football today. So enjoy it because we're not going to get another one of these until early September. Which seems like it's a long ways away, but it's really not. It's going to go fast. Trust me. We'll, we'll get through it. And you know that there's other things that are going to keep us company between now and then. Uh, I got a poll question up on the old Twitter page there. Who do you think is going to be in the Super Bowl? Who's going to win these games today? So we have another hour left in the poll. So far, the, 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 the gap is closing. Cincinnati, San Francisco is still out front, 36%. But Cincy and Philly is making a late push here, and they're up to 30% of the vote so we'll see who wins i personally i said this yesterday i don't want to see a cincinnati san francisco super bowl because that'll be the third one you know give me some variety give me some novelty when it comes to these super bowl matchups and unfortunately as long as the philadelphia eagles are involved we're going to get a new super bowl because philly has not played either san francisco or excuse me philly has not played cincinnati or kansas city in a super bowl game yet so that'll at least give us a new Super Bowl. I'm big on that stuff. Uh, before we get back to the calls here and the football conversation, want to give a shout-out to Speedy Claxton and the Hofstra Pride. You know, March Madness is right around the corner, and Hofstra had themselves a fantastic win yesterday, knocking off the College of Charleston. College of Charleston, top 20 team. They had the nation's longest. There you go. Tom, see, Tom's playing the music because Tom Bauer – he is a proud alumni of uh, Hofstra University. Roll so pride. they knock off the College of Charleston yesterday. You feeling good, Tom? I mean, this this makes your day, doesn't it? Oh, it absolutely made my day. I know a few people that went down there to call the game for uh, Hofstra's radio station. Shout out RHU. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm feeling good. C- come at me. They are the best college basketball team, men's college basketball team in the state of New York. That's right, Hofstra baby. I you can argue. I mean, he didn't say New Jersey because if he said New Jersey or, you know, the tri-state area, then we would have had an argument here because we know that's not the case. Agreed. Um, But, you know, you make a convincing argument. It's not St. John's. I don't know if it's Syracuse right now. Hofstra's got themselves a heck of a case, you know, and that's a good win yesterday. You know, College of Charleston, just because they're in the Colonial, that, that they're a good team. Here's the problem, though, for a team like Hofstra and really, I guess, a club like Charleston also. You're the Colonial, you're a one-bid league once March rolls around. So you can have a great year, but they're only going to get one team into the tournament, and it's going to be the team that gets the automatic bid by winning the conference tournament. That's why I hate conference tournaments. I hate them. So unfortunately, you know, Hofstra's going to be in the same boat that they've kind of always been in here. You're going to have to win your, your tournament to get an invitation to the big dance. But, hey. Good job yesterday. That is a terrific win, a terrific victory. Nevertheless, still work to be done uh, down the road here for Speedy Claxton and his team. But that's a good victory here. I'm sweating out. Uh, not sweating out. That's a strong term. My appetizer for the uh, NFC Championship game today is going to be Rutgers, Iowa, coming up at 2 o'clock. A little bit later on here uh, when we get off the air, I'll be settling in on that. Got to get some revenge on the Hawkeyes. Beat us at the rack earlier this year. Now got to go into their place and beat them. Rutgers, of course, second place in the Big Ten standings, about halfway through 
the Big Ten season. So I, I mentioned a little while ago the whole Mahomes burrow as we get set for this game today. And it kind of reminds me, I mean, it seems like it happened yesterday, but, you know, you're going on 20 years. Is Mahomes Burrow the next Brady Manning type of rivalry as far as the big quarterback battle in the National Football League, the big rivalry? Because the way it's unfolding here, if Cincinnati wins this game today, that means there's going to be four straight wins that Burrow beats Mahomes, that the Bengals beat the Chiefs. And if that happens to me, it's like it's, it's, it's Brady Manning all over again because that's what the Patriots were doing to the Colts, right? They had their number, whether it was regular season, whether it was the playoffs, like the Patriots dominated Indianapolis. So the comparison is that I almost look at Mahomes as being the Peyton Manning and Burrow being the Tom Brady in that Manning had the individual accolades at that point in their careers over Brady, right? Manning was the guy who won MVPs. Manning was the guy who was putting up all the inflated statistics and the yards and the touchdowns. That wasn't Tom Brady in the early part of their careers. But Brady was on the better team, and Brady was the guy who was winning these matchups in the playoffs, the all-important games. Brady didn't win his first MVP award till 2007, you know, when they got Randy Moss, when they got Wells Welker, and when they opened up the offense a little bit more, and they had to kind of reinvent themselves a little bit. That's when he started going like crazy statistically. But that was never Tom in the early part of his career, and that's why it reminds me of like Joe Burrow. You know, Mahomes is the guy who's en route to winning another MVP award this year. So that's like, I, I see this thing unfolding, and Burrow... You know, we, we keep saying it seems like he's got that it factor. I don't know if you feel the same way. I don't know if you could, like, draw that comparison. I do. You know, maybe you see some reflection of that. And if indeed that's the case, you know what? The NFL is going to be in a good place over the next five years or so because you don't see, look, Mahomes ain't going anywhere out of Kansas City. He's already signed up for, you know, what, what did he sign, like a 10-year contract or whatever the hell it is. I mean, he ain't leaving there anytime soon. And – the interesting thing about it, and you talk about resetting the market constantly with quarterback salaries and how much these guys command, especially the truly, truly elite ones. What do you think it's going to cost the Bengals to sign Joe Burrow when it comes time to give him his second contract? Because that day is coming, by the way. You know, he's already three years in. This will be the third year. They are going to have to pay him a fortune, especially if they get to another Super Bowl. I... <laughs> Oh, wow. I'd like to be his agent and like to be his accountant. You know what I'm saying? That 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 is going to be a crazy sum of money. And that's why when you think about the other decisions that a team like Cincinnati has to make, and, and, and this is why you kind of put all your faith and your trust in a quarterback. Because, yeah, he's got unbelievable help at the skill positions right now. Jamar Chase, who, oh, by the way, you're going to have to pay him soon in a couple of years. T. Higgins. He's got one more season after this, but I, I can't foresee a scenario that T. Higgins sticks around because T. Higgins is good enough to be a number one receiver on almost any team in the National Football League. And he's that like 1A right now with Jamar Chase. You can't keep all of these guys, especially when you're going to have a quarterback who is a star in the making in Joe Burrow. You can't satisfy everybody. Even though the cap is going up, you're going to have to make tough decisions. 
And at least right now, I, I don't know. I mean, or Cincinnati could look at it this way. They may feel that Jamar Chase would be somebody that might command more money and cost more than, let's say, a T. Higgins would. So maybe if you're Cincinnati, you say, we'll try to sign T. Higgins because he might come slightly cheaper than Chase when that day arrives, and then we let Chase walk. Even though you don't want to, but you just might have no choice. That's the problem when you have good players, right? It's a benefit, but it's also a curse for you because you can't pay everybody, and that's the difficult part about trying to sustain success in the National Football League nowadays. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. David in Queens up next here on 98.7. David, good afternoon. How are you? Dan, thanks. Good afternoon. Yeah, you know what? Speedy Claxton's first name is given name. You know what it is? Craig, right? Yeah, nailed it, man. Stump Rothenberg got nothing on you, brother. Good one. Good one. Well, I mean, he'd been, you know, because um, Speedy, Speedy's been around. I mean, you know, Speedy wore the yeah, uniform yeah. back in the day. I mean, he was a legend once upon yep. a time. Yeah, but no one calls him Craig. That's great. You know that. You're sharp. Um, can I throw a theory at you I've had for years now I, about, about the Packers organization and Rodgers and far before them? Um they don't have an owner, like a number one owner. They just have shareholders, mm-hmm. which worked for them because they've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. But when they don't have Hall of Fame quarterbacks, that system doesn't seem to work because they've had down years. A lot of this younger generation doesn't know. The Packers have a great history, but they had some rough years. Um, and sometimes the shareholders thing is good because it works for them, but it works for them when they have the Hall of Famers. And I believe, like, Rodgers, and he's arrogant anyway, but he's confident, but he's um, an extra diva because there's no owner over there like that that's really the boss. You know what I mean? They have a vice president, a president, all that. Right, Mark the, Murphy's the president. head owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mark Murphy's the president. Gutenkunst is the general manager, but you're right about that. You know, they all have, like, you know, it's a close-knit yeah. community out there. They all have their little shares, you know, shareholders and so on and so forth, but there's not, like, one guy specifically. Yeah, right. like, if there was a big-time boss, like, say, we don't know if he would be a blowhard owner or a quiet owner, but still, he's an owner. Like, he doesn't have that owner that's above him. He practically, he runs the organization because he's a superstar, but he gets to be that extra diva and extra, take that extra, you know, in because he doesn't have that owner that can that's the boss that could clamp down on him, in my opinion, and far to a degree also. But it is fascinating how they don't have an owner. And I just wanted to put that out there. It's like forgotten about because it's one of those um, amazing stories. A, a premier franchise doesn't have a number one owner. They just have million, like a million owners. It's kind of crazy and um, unique. But it works when they have a Hall of Famer. It doesn't seem to work when they're down. And if they go down, without, if they Rogers leaves and they go down, they could have like a seven, eight year, unless they get a call back. But, but, you know, the owner thing was fascinating. I just wanted to put it out there. And thanks a lot, my man. Appreciate the phone call, as always. He, 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 well, yeah. And, and you think, about, you know, for those that don't know, you know, in the NFL, the NFL is king, right? It's the biggest thing that we have as far as sports are concerned. If you take the four professional sports here in the United States, all the teams, all the franchises, all the markets that they play in. Do you know what the smallest market is? It's the Green it's Green Bay and the Green Bay Packers. And you wouldn't think that that would be the case because it's the NFL. You know, the NFL is only for, you know, the best of the best. It's king. Well, not only that, not only is the smallest market in professional sports Green Bay and the Packers, They're one of the most iconic, legendary franchises 
in all of professional sports. Probably, I, I mean, in the top ten somewhere. I mean, I, you know, another day maybe we'll sit there and rank them if it's a rainy day and we got nothing going on. But I mean, that that it's iconic, the Green Bay Packers, Lambeau Field, and he made a great point. And you know, you try to rem- you try to remind people this, especially if they're you know young enough and they don't really remember. And you know, you. The Packers' history and the Packers' franchise, like it didn't, it didn't just automatically go from Vince Lombardi and winning the first two Super Bowls to then here comes Brett Favre and you know they're back in the Super Bowl again. No, the Packers went through a lot of lean years, you know, a lot of years. I mean, the '70s and the '80s, they were terrible. You know, they only made the playoffs like a couple of times in, in, in those two decades. I mean, they fell on some hard times for a real, real long time. That's why, you know, whenever we talk about each year, and I get caught up in on this stuff just because I'm a sucker for it, but whenever we talk about, like, Hall of Fame and, and guys that get into the Hall of Fame, like, in the last couple of years, like, with football, we've had some coaches get into the Hall of Fame, which I, I for the life of me, I don't understand how or why. But, you know, why a guy like Mike Holmgren keeps getting overlooked? You know, to even be like a finalist for the Hall of Fame. You know, the Packers were on hard times. And then he, alongside Ron Wolf, they walked in there in the early 90s, and then they built that thing up into, you know, on the doorstep of a dynasty, this close to winning back-to-back Super Bowls. You know, Holmgren, Ron Wolf, Brett Favre, I mean, th- those guys restored the Green Bay Packers as to what we think of them. And then, you know, the Favre situation, he rode that out, and then all of a sudden, once upon a time, voila, Aaron Rodgers waiting in the wings. Now, I don't know what Jordan Love is going to be, but can you imagine if they hit the trifecta, if they go from Favre to Rodgers to Jordan Love, and they're all, like, damn real good quarterbacks? And then you got a team like the Jets that have been waiting, like, 50, 60 years to find their next Joe Namath, at least, you know, for a prolonged period of time? It's like Indianapolis. Indianapolis went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. And by all accounts, Andrew Luck would still be playing if he didn't decide to walk away from the game. Boy, it makes things so much easier when you have a quarterback. And at least three of these teams today, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, you could say you got that guy already. San Francisco, it doesn't matter if it's going to be Brock Purdy or Trey Lance, whatever. You just, with San Francisco, because of the system and the way things work out there, you figure that no matter who it is, they're going to find a guy who will somehow find a way to win them football games. Whether it's Purdy, whether it's Lance, I mean, they're, they're just still going to be good because of what they've built over there. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. We'll get to some NFL picks before the hour is through. When we come back, just got to give a few basketball thoughts out of the way as to what went on in Brooklyn yesterday. And you can't say that you're surprised from a Nick perspective because we talked about it yesterday that watch out because we've been down this road before with this basketball team and it happened, unfortunately. Dan Gross' show till the top right here on 9870 SPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Why did the Knicks do what the Knicks did yesterday? Like, seriously, like, we talk about this all the time, and every time you want to buy in, every time you think that they've turned a corner, Right. And you can actually maybe put some faith, some trust, like you can believe where they're going, that maybe they've they've they found something. They figured it out. You know, they had maybe like right up there, two of the best wins that they've had all season. In Cleveland and the one in Boston on Thursday night or against Cleveland and against Boston on Thursday night, especially the Boston game. You're going into Brooklyn yesterday. No Kevin Durant. No Ben Simmons. If there's a time and a place and a day that, the, that things are lined up, that the universe is conspiring to where the Knicks will finally beat the Nets, it was supposed to be yesterday. Bing bong. But did that happen? Did it happen? No. We suck. No. No didn't happen even John Tortorello who probably didn't even watch the game he tells you exactly what happened we suck he's busy he's busy with his old guys I mean you know it wasn't even like a nail biter I, mean, I know the Knicks you know got it a little bit close at times but I mean this was just it was wire to wire it's the same old same old nine in a row you know, can we stop, too, with, like, you know, a rivalry? That the, is it really a rivalry? If a team keeps beating the you-know-what out of the other, is it really a rivalry? Like, doesn't one side have to actually have a say in the matter before we could sit here and call something a rivalry? I mean, you beat a team nine times straight. I mean, how is it, why is this even something we're getting up for? What, because of the geography? Because they both technically play in the same state? That's why? You realize the last time that the Knicks beat the Nets, Tom Thibodeau wasn't even the coach of this team yet. This thing called COVID did not even enter our vernacular. That was the last time the Knicks beat the Nets. It was before the freaking pandemic. Do you believe it? And, like, what else has to happen for the Knicks to finally be able to beat the Nets? Like, who who else doesn't have to play? And it's just more disappointing because, you know, you coming off of these two really, really good wins. You know, you got a chance. The All-Star break is a couple of weeks away. You've got a chance to maybe build some consistency a little bit against good competition. And here I am trying to think, well, you know, maybe they're a club that plays up and down to the level of their competition, right? They just got done playing a stretch against teams that were all below them in the standings, right? And they 
were three and four during that stretch. And then you're down and you're thinking, well, you know, the outlook isn't very good. And then they go play Cleveland, win. Ah, but you know, they're not going to go up to Boston and beat the Celtics. Celtics are a juggernaut. Nope, beat the Celtics in OT, come from behind in OT, get your best win of the year. Wow, great. Nets, no Durant, no Ben Simmons. You got some momentum. Defense forgot to show up. What else is new? And where have we seen that before with this team? This ain't the first time, and unfortunately, it's probably not going to be the last time. I mean, 22 threes? 22 threes. I understand it's the, it's the modern-day NBA, and I know that, you know, three-point game is a big part of the game. I get it. But, I mean, 22? It, it, it's frustrating. I, I don't know what else to say. It's frustrating. And Kyrie Irving was the best player on the floor yesterday. Right? And how many times this year have we said when we watch a Knicks game that the best player on the floor is not wearing a Knicks uniform? And I'm not trying to take anything away from, you know, the Brunsons of the world, the Randalls. Like, they've had great all-star caliber seasons. All-star caliber seasons. But when... It came down to crunch time, and plays needed to be made. Kyrie was the one making those plays. But let's hear from the head coach, though. The head coach was asked after the game, you know, were you guys ready or not to play in the first half? I don't know if we weren't quite, quite ready. I mean, there was a lot of moving parts to this game because we didn't know exactly who was in and out. So we knew the personnel would change. It would change who was on the floor with different groupings with the way Curry, uh, you know, has been playing. And, of course, Irving put so much pressure on you. We thought that the three would be something that we would have to be, you know, aware of. And, uh, and we got hurt by it. Well, what about the three-point shot? You know, and the fact that they made 22 of them. Did you guys not defend it well, or did the Nets just shoot the ball really good? Both. Yeah, you know, like, we knew the dynamic of the team would change because of who they had available. There'd be more shooting on the floor for them. And so, you know, and again, the matchups, you have, if you're, you have to make sure you're taking strengths away from people. So uh, after a guy hits one, you know, you don't want to be going under on a guy who can shoot. Some of those were mistakes, and we have to clean that up. It's still disappointing. Because, I don't know, did you guys see what happened last night? Did you guys watch that game between the Lakers and the Celtics? I mean, you talk about one of the worst calls you're ever going to see. To where even after the game, LeBron is sitting there at his locker, and he's, I, he's, I, I don't, like, what more can you, I don't care if you hate the Lakers. I don't care if you hate the Celtics. I don't care if you didn't have a dog in the fight. If you're just an unbiased observer of basketball, and you're watching that game last night in the final sequence there, and, and how in God's name do they not call the foul against LeBron. I mean, and this is LeBron James, by the way. It's not like we're talking about some guy they signed off the street who, you know, doesn't have a reputation and hasn't built up a career in the NBA. This is LeBron, and he didn't get the call that was as obvious and as plain a day as anyone you're ever going to see. And, and Patrick Beverly's reaction to where he took a camera, went back out onto the court to show the officials almost the replay in the ca I thought it was hilarious, and of course he got teed up for it because – Referees don't have a sense of humor, apparently. But that was one of the great reactions you're ever going to see. So, unfortunately, like the bad call that hurts the Lakers, it at least produced that 
image of Beverly, which is probably going to live on and it's going to be viral for, you know, at least the rest of this NBA season and probably even as long as Pat Beverly is still in the league playing. I thought that was hilarious. It was great. So if we got that out of the blunder from the officials, I'm all for it. But how does that help the Knicks? Well, it doesn't. Right? It doesn't. Because now they're going to be right back out there on Tuesday night and the Lakers are going to be coming into town. And it's going to be an angry Lakers team. A Lakers team that feels like they had victory stolen from them last night in Boston. And don't you think they're going to want to take that out on the Knickerbockers? So, hey, it's a great chance for the Knicks to kind of play this seesaw game like they do constantly to where you're down on them one day and then next week you feel good about them again because of what they did. And so, you know, they can get us all back in their good graces again if you want to play that game and if you want to get roped in or – This is just going to spiral again. Because I don't think this one's going to be easy. You know, LeBron's got that look in his eye. LeBron is sitting there trying to chase down Kareem and become the game's all-time scorer. That's what's at stake here. But so disappointing yesterday. You know, like, if there was ever a time that they were going to break the schneid and beat the Nets, yesterday was it, and it didn't happen. But still got two more cracks at him before the season is over. Right? Hopefully they get one of them. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe Kyrie could sit out that game too. Oh, boy. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. More of your calls end. We'll get to our picks. Our championship day picks before we get out of Dodge. Dan Gross' show till the top right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> We have a show tomorrow night. Do you believe it? Like a real, actual show. Our normal slot right after TMKS at 7 o'clock. And I know, look, we're going to get a little greedy here. It's not just one because we're going to have, nope, not two. We're going to have three full shows coming up this week in our normal slot. Give me three of those, Tom, for the three shows. There you go. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. At 7 p.m. I mean, I can't think of anything better. Think about it. So we are gonna we are gonna spend a lot of time with one another, which is great. You know, that's what we're here for. You know, the Rangers were nice enough to take the week off, so we're gonna get a chance to do our shows here. So good for us, and we'll have some fun here. And hey, when we get back together tomorrow night, we will know definitively who's gonna be playing in Super Bowl 57. We'll let you know at least who we think is going to be there coming up in just a few. But let's say hi to Bill in Queens. He's up next here on 98.7. Billy, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, good afternoon. Thank you very much for taking my call. Hey, Bill. I think this thing with LeBron LeBron is is absurd. Like, he was absolutely fouled. The referees missed the call. No question about it. But he's never fouled anybody in his whole entire career and gotten away with it, nor has Patrick Beverly. LeBron James looked like a six-year-old who asked his mom for a piece of candy, and his mom said no, and he threw himself on the floor because he was having a temper tantrum. Yeah, he missed a call. And it's happened, it happens all the time in football and baseball. I mean, in hockey and, and basketball, they miss these calls. I, you know, he's a, he's a baby. He's a big baby because he's never fouled anybody who gotten away with it. That's absurd. Well, the thing about it, too, Bill, think about his reaction. His reaction, if, if, if he wasn't LeBron James, if it was, let's say, any other player, he might have got a T just for his reaction. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that, that, 
That's where the referees end up getting it back at you. Because at the end of the day, whether it's a good call or a bad call, and we know the refs miss more than they make in terms of good officiating calls. And thanks for the phone call. The refs don't want to be shown up, whether that's from a coach, whether that's from a player. They don't want to be shown up. So LeBron reacting the way he did. They're going to let that one slide. But Patrick Beverly, because he's not LeBron James, even though it was funny, and if you haven't seen it yet, you have to check it out. Go online. It's everywhere. What Patrick Beverly did, even though, like, all of us just laughed, which kind of, like, what it's, you know, I think that's ultimately what the intent was. Refs had to tee him up for that. I mean, come on. You know, come on. Let's say hi to Mike in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 98.7. Michael, good afternoon. What's up? What's up, Mike? Uh, what's up, uh, DJ? It's Mike. Uh, it's Mike Scarf from the Jet Games, actually. So I what's up, you. Mike? How yeah. we doing, man? <laughs> Good. How you been? Good. How about you? We we haven't had a quarterback on this team since our families were tailgating together in the parking lot. We got to get Rodgers. It's got to happen somehow. What does it take, and how do they get it done? Well, number one, it's, it takes two to tango. And, Mike, great to hear from you, my friend. Hope everybody's doing well. Mike, Mike's, our families, geez, we've known each other forever and ever and ever going to games decades. Yeah, I'd be five years old going to games with you. Mike, Mike was like knee-high back then, absolutely. How old are you now? 26. God, oh, my God, do I feel old if you're 26. Oh, my God. I was at your but, wedding. <laughs> I know, Think about it. Think, how's, your, how's the family? How's uh, your, your folks and everybody? They're good? everyone's doing good awesome mike say hi to them for me and i'll talk to you soon my friend thanks for checking in i appreciate it there's uh, our pal mike scarl there um it takes two to tango number one rogers is gonna have to commit himself to play football next year whether that's in green bay or that's for anybody else okay i don't even know if he wants to play rogers is a flighty guy you know, one day he wants to do this, one day he wants to do that. You know, I, I don't know what he's thinking. The bottom line is, for any of this to happen, he and the Packers are going to have conversations, are going to have to have conversations about what his intents are. And I think I think he's played his last game as a Packer. I, I, I do. Now, whether or not he continues on in the NFL, that's something entirely different. But if you're Green Bay, you want to go ahead and set your plans for next season. Right? So is it Jordan Love time or is it not? I just think that the Packers are ready to make that transition. Now, is Rodgers going to make it easy for them? I don't think there's going to be as much drama as what happened with Brett Favre when he ultimately became a Jet in 2008. Because the problem with Favre was, if you remember, Favre said he's done because he didn't want to go through the whole, you know, offseason. He was done. And the Packers kind of made him make a decision, hold his feet to the fire. And at that time in March, whenever he decided he was going to retire, that was it. Because they wanted to turn things over to Rodgers. And that's the way that the Packers went about their whole offseason. It was Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. Then Favre starts getting the itch again late in the summertime. He's like, oh, I want to play. And then remember all this drama. And then you got the private jet landed in Green Bay and the cameras are there. And then Favre shows up to training camp, which was extremely awkward thinking that he was going to get his job back, and the Packers are saying, no, it's, it, it's Aaron Rodgers' time. And then they were left with no choice but to trade him, and that's how the Jets got involved and he became a Jet. I don't think that the same thing is going to play out that way with Rodgers specifically because they're going to know pretty early on here whether he's going to play or not. And I think the Green Bay is ready to move on because of all the cap ramifications like we talked about. It's going to cost them a lot of money. And Green Bay's got holes to fill. 
you know, they've tried to run this thing back with Rodgers over the last couple of years. It didn't work. It looked like they were in good position to get to a Super Bowl in 2020. It didn't happen when they lost to Tampa Bay in the championship game. Last year, they went in as the number one seed in 2021. You had San Francisco go in there and beat them at Lambeau Field. And this year, you know, they couldn't even get to be part of the mix because they lost that game at the end of the season in their building against the Lions when it looked as if everything was still going to come back for them. Remember everybody was saying, too, down the stretch, oh, the Packers, the Packers, watch out. You know, they're playing really good football. If they get in, they can make one of these crazy runs to the Super Bowl. Well, it didn't even happen. And I think that's when the Packers realized, you know what, it's time to turn over a new leaf here. And, you know, we've exhausted as much of the Aaron Rodgers era as we possibly could, and I think it's time to move on. It might be best for both parties. Is Rodgers going to want to continue his career someplace else? We'll find out. We'll find out. But if you're the Jets, it's not going to cost you a lot in terms of draft capital. You know, Brett Favre didn't. And I don't think it's going to cost you an arm and a leg as much as maybe what's being reported right now. I don't, think that, I, I don't even think it's going to cost you two number ones to bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers. But as far as what the owner is going to have to write a big fat check for, well, that's a different story because, as we said, Rodgers is guaranteed a lot of money over the next couple of years. A lot of money. How about $109 million? It's not all going to be on your salary cap, but that's what he's got owed to him with this contract. 800-919-3776 is our telephone number. Some final thoughts, and we'll give you some picks for Championship Sunday coming up next. Dan Grass' show till 2 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's say hi real quick to Chris in Long Island. We're going to squeeze in as many calls as we can before we do our picks. Chris, how are you? Hey, Dan. I uh, love the show. And I am, I'm a Raider fan, but I'm not going to talk about the Raiders. Okay. Um, so the Jets, bringing in Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, what makes any Jet fan, not you, any Jet fan, think that they're going to win. He can win in New York, but he hasn't won in New Jersey, in uh, Green Bay, even with Devontae Adams and a great defense. I don't get it. I I don't. Um, What is he going to do for the Jets? Yeah, I mean, look, there's no guarantees that anybody can win with anybody. Yeah, I mean, we know that. I mean, look, you know, Tom Brady, I mean, Tom Brady last couple of years in Tampa Bay didn't work out for him. This year it was downright pathetic. You know, they couldn't even uh, muster a winning record with Tom Brady. So you're right. All the ingredients have to be in place, coaching. Um, The Jets do have some nice young talent there. They think they're going to add to the team as well during the offseason. They feel they're a quarterback away, a quarterback away from having a legit shot. And, And you know what? If they've gone as long as they have without having a viable solution to the position, I don't see what the harm would be to try to bring in a no, commodity like that for a couple of years. One other qu- quick question about San yeah. If you're San Francisco mm-hmm. and you don't – either you lose this game or you lose the Super Bowl and you feel like it's Purdy was – you're just missed Purdy's not the guy – to get you over the top right now, do you bring in Aaron Rodgers? No, 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 no. San Francisco's not an option. Chris, thanks for the phone call because I think you just go into next year, Purdy and Trey Lance, may the best guy win. The offseason, 
May the best guy win. Because remember, Trey Lance is still on a rookie contract. He was in the Zach Wilson class, so that would be 22. This is going to be his third year. You don't even have to make a decision yet about 50-year options, any stuff like that. They still believe in the guy, or else they wouldn't have given up all those number one picks for him. And Brock Purdy was a seventh-round pick. He's costing you nothing, and he's a rookie. So if you're the Niners, you're just running it back with these two guys. Make it an open competition, or depending on what happens today and potentially in two weeks, look, they win the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy's the quarterback week one. You know, that, I mean, that, that, that's a given. Hell, even if they win today and get to the Super Bowl, Purdy might be the guy week one. But he has at least put himself in a position to where he's going to compete and given an honest chance, not one of these, like, crooked, you know, under-the-table type of competitions where we already know what the outcome is going to be. He's put himself in position to have a legit shot at being that guy next year because Trey Lance hasn't shown that he could be the guy with any – you know, the seven games that Brock Purdy's played already, I mean, Trey Lance hasn't been able to show you anything close to that. In a couple of years. And unfortunately for him this year, he got hurt. Let's say hi to Rob in New Jersey. Up next here on 98.7. Robert, how are you? Hey, how you doing? What's up, Rob? Hey, um, I'm a big basketball fan. I'm a Knicks longtime fan. But even though we're doing bad, I'll move on. But well, you're not the, doing um, bad. I mean, you're just, you're just not great. Knicks aren't bad. They're, right. they're okay. No, I, I go back to Clyde Frazier and Dick Barnett. Well. <laughs> we're nowhere near that class. <laughs> okay. But the, the question I got about the, the, the Laker game yesterday, that was a blatant miss by that ref. Yep. It was the same ref that the play before that, down the other end of the basket, when the Boston guard hit the – basket to put them down by one but then he called the and one with a swipe across the head he was out of position to make that call but then he goes down court he's underneath the basket on the left side as lebron drove and he missed that call on the swipe of the arm when he's looking directly at it that's a blatant miss i understand refs make they miss things but you're first of all a game of the week they're supposed to put the best Rest out there. So I, I take it that's what they did. But you don't miss calls like that. Well, unfortunately, I, Rob. If you take a look at those plays, yeah. he was on the right side, and he was out of position to make that call when he called the and one to, send the, to tie the game up. That was the ref's call who was underneath the basket. Rob, they had, had a rough night. They had a rough, they had a rough close to that game, and I got to run here. But, look, to say that refs miss calls, I mean – We've been watching sports. You know, officiating is bad, whether it's the NBA, whether it's the NFL, whether it's Major League Baseball, you know, even the National Hockey League. Officiating is rough, and that's why they have this technology now with instant replay, which is supposed to be sort of a crutch and, you know, some sort of a support here to correct some of those wrongs. But, unfortunately, it's a problem that's not going to be going away. Now, got a couple minutes left. Save the best for last. Tom... Give me that music, baby, for Championship Sunday. Picks time. Super Bowl 57 in a couple of weeks in Arizona. Who's going to be there? Let's start with the NFC. You got the Birds. You got the Niners. You got the top two teams in the NFC, and Philadelphia's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I know the Eagles are going to get a better test today than they did from the Giants last week. That was the warm-up. But you know what? Even in the warm-up, the Eagles flexed their muscles, and they showed you that they're legit. 
Niners are a good team, too. And the Niners are that outlier. Like I said, they're going to be that team that's going to try to win a championship on the strength of the defense more than anything else. Purdy's been a great story. They've got playmakers in their own right there. I just think Philadelphia, it's their time. They're stacked. They're loaded. And Jalen Hurts, don't think for a second that he doesn't use this as motivation because out of the four quarterbacks, he's the one that's getting talked about the least. Because even in his own game, they're talking about Brock Purdy as being this revelation, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the draft, hasn't lost a game. Don't think Jalen Hurts hasn't heard all that stuff. And especially all the love that Burrow and Mahomes are getting in the AFC. He's going to use this as motivation. He's going to have a big day. I don't think it's a blowout. But I think the Eagles are going to do just enough. They're going to get that running game going, and it's going to open up plays in the passing game. they got too many weapons. Give me the Eagles, minus 2.5. They'll win this one, let's say, 24-17 over the Niners. Then the main event. You got the Bengals. You got the Chiefs. Cincinnati, we've talked about it, right? They've beaten Kansas City three in a row. Burrow owns Mahomes. He owns the Chiefs. Burrowhead Stadium, all that stuff. If Mahomes is 100% with the ankle, maybe I'm thinking the Chiefs are going to win this game and they're going to get back to the Super Bowl. Mahomes says he's okay. Boy, it's tough to bet against the uh, Bengals, right? If I'm betting with my head, which is what you're supposed to do, I think Cincinnati's the play. I think Cincinnati's the better team. I believe in Joe Cool, ice water in his veins. Not going to be rattled in these situations because we've seen it too many times before. But there's something in my heart, and I don't know, maybe it's what I had for dinner last night. But something in my heart is telling me that I got a weird feeling that maybe the Burrow and the Bengal dominance over Kansas City ends today. And Mahomes is tired of hearing all the talk about how Burrow owns him. And that he's the guy who's still the MVP and he's going to make up for that championship game lost last year. I know you're supposed to go with your head and not your heart, but darn it, I'm going with the old ticker. Give me the Chiefs. At home today, minus one and a half in another field goal game. So it'll be the Chiefs. It'll be the Eagles in Super Bowl 57 two weeks from today in Arizona. Enjoy the games today. Hopefully we get a couple of good ones. Thanks to Julian. Thanks to Tom. I'll talk to you again tomorrow night at 7, everybody. Ty Butler's next. Dan Gross is saying enjoy your football on the final big football Sunday of the year on 98.7 ESPN.